0: Coming to you live from the second bedroom of Shane's apartment, this is the Shane and Scuba Steve podcast. It is Wednesday, my dude. A
1: rare Wednesday recording. That is correct. Episode 58. 58. Welcome back to Shane Scuba Steve show. Another day, another podcast
0: for you, the listener. Great podcast. Yeah, top tier.
1: You know, increasingly, I found, this is kind of an indictment on our, our genre and preferred platform, uh-huh. podcast ads lately getting really suspect. How so? I got one for a Taser product today. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got one for a Buick.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, it Basically, listening to some podcasts these days just sounds like listening to basic cable TV <laughs> with the amount and the insincerity of the podcast, like ad read. <laughs> and like i'll be honest i'm like in my mid-20s like i listen to some mid twenty, like some podcasts in that main demographic
2: mm-hmm. why
1: am i being hit with a taser ad
0: um maybe they know something you don't maybe something's coming and you need to protect yourself possibly it's a great idea honestly
1: but yeah i guess like i didn't know taser made a consumer product pretty interesting good to know now that i if i ever need it taser has a product out there for me this is not sponsored by the way i just can't get over that this is this is who they're advertising now um yeah and then the car stuff man like car ad reads in podcasts baffle me because it's like bro i don't i don't go anywhere as it is um although we're opening everything up in about 10 days. Yeah. But like, I'm not looking for my next car via podcast. Cause I can't see it. Yep. So you're pitching me like, I don't know, like a Nissan I don't, globe for the sake of comparison. And uh, how am I supposed to know what that is? If I'm just hearing on a podcast, i, mean, like, I got to take the time to Google it, look it up. Whereas an ad on Twitter Literally just means that I can see the car and make that split second decision of, I'm not going to click on this ad because I don't want to waste my time. Also, who's car shopping that frequently? You need it on a podcast. I don't know. Um, billionaires. Sorry, I came in very hot to this, but no, that's fine. It's one of those things you just you like. Obviously, we can't all get by with like the standard sponsors that every podcast gets of like, Hair Club for Men, NordVPN, Skechers. Yeah, your shape ups all day long. It's
0: all Kool-Aid. I wear. Kool Aid.
1: Yeah. Can
0: we get Kool Aid as a sponsor? Uh, we could find out. I'd appreciate. I would love to have Kool Aid as a sponsor.
1: Okay. All right. Then i be. Uh, we do a social media thing about that. I'll, I'll take care of that. I'll, I'll
0: push the. So I'll put enough hashtags that the Kool Aid company is like, "Who are these guys? I think they must be doing something." they are our target audience, and I think they have the voice we've been trying to
1: reach. Our target audience. Our oh. Target audience. So this week, we're doing Drink of the Week. We're doing Fridge Finds, yep. um, a return of a classic. Shane, what did you find in your fridge? Uh, I went with
0: a White Claw today. Uh, okay. Even though this doesn't make it any better, I've had a headache for pretty much the entire day, so I didn't want to go with anything crazy strong. So I'm just going with yep. a, a classic
1: lime uh, White Claw, you know. Very good. Yeah, can't beat that. You? I um I am at my parents' house doing mm-hmm. some house-sitting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I opened their like, beer fridge to find beers that left... About eight months ago. Mm-hmm. So I am drinking a seltzer. Ooh, seltzer, Because I know it's safe. Because it's just water. And it might not be a, an expired IPA.
0: The carbonation might have expired.
1: It's possible. But hey, I'll drink it flat if I have to.
0: <laughs> like a sociopath.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, sociopaths, uh, me and them are not alike. But if they drink flat seltzer, more power to them. Maybe it's just like the taste.
0: You'll have something to bond
1: over when you're stuck in a room with them. I feel like that's how you know. Like, if you're there and, like, someone, like, pops a polar and they're like, nah, I stir out the bubbles, you just kind of, like, there. you go, okay, so sociopath. Got it. All right. And that's the guy you watch him. out for in the meeting. Yeah. That's the guy you know you might have, to like, you know, God forbid you give a bad example. Mm. So, those are our first finds this week. Um, we have two trailers of the week. Dose. Dose trailers of the week. Shane, which one do you want to start off with?
0: Uh, let's start with the first one that we have on the list. Uh, the Green Knight. The Green uh, Knight.
1: This will be a new
0: film coming out, uh, it says, July 30th uh, this year, uh, yep. hopefully in theaters. Uh, this is about the Arthurian tale of The Green Knight. And this is done by a David Lowry. Uh, I haven't seen much of what he's done. The one that I've actually seen, which is when you look at his list of work, is kind of funny. Pete's Dragon, the Disney movie from a couple years ago. I've seen that. Oh, okay. Yes, but there's other films, uh, a ghost story with uh, Casey Affleck, Rooney Mara, um, the old man in the gun with Robert Redford. Those are all I've heard really great things about them. I've been trying to find time to watch them, um, Got it. which you would think, you know, during a pandemic with all the time, I would have it. But at the same time, when you have free time, you're not like, I should watch like a kind of sad story about a dead husband who's a ghost now.
1: Yes. No, you see, that's the hardest part with people who have like lists. Mm -hmm. like everyone, like you talk to someone they're like oh yeah it's on my list it's on my list but i'm never getting to it my queue on netflix is full of shit i will never watch and at one point i thought the queue was a good idea as a way to organize my
0: thoughts (laughs) mine is just full of movies that i've seen a thousand times i'm like oh watch this again soon but then every time i see it i go i've seen this a thousand times i don't need to watch it it's like your quick hit list like that's you you know you can go there you can go to the well once more to pull out one of those movies just in case you need it Mm -hmm. exactly but uh, this is a fun little movie uh, starring Dev Patel uh, from Dog Millionaire, The Newsroom, Lion, um, which, quick little side thing about The Newsroom. I've been wanting to get back into it, but I hate the finale so much to The Newsroom that I don't even want to watch The Newsroom. So, the
1: I was a huge Newsroom fan. Um, if you could ever find my original Tumblr that was created, I definitely <laughs> reblogged some Newsroom shit. <laughs> So more power to the Yahoo conglomerate that owns that content now. I, I love the newsroom. I think it's great. Dev Patel was great in the newsroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that you call The Green Knight a fun little movie, considering it's like an epic uh, medieval knight film on a quest. There's a quest involved, and you called it a cute little film.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think kind of the reason I'm saying it is because in the trailer, it feels very much like a dream this whole movie just some of the visuals like it's uh, okay. cinematography so that's why i'm saying it's like a fun little movie of course when you watch the trailer it looks quite intense and like i'd say like melancholy is a weird f- emotion that i was picking up from it the entire time which when you, you know, look at uh, david lowry's work a lot of it is kind of somewhat sad more intense topics excluding Pete, pete's dragon uh that's
2: <laughs> this <laughs> a fun little
0: family romp uh, about a boy who lives in the wilderness with a dragon and he's also uh, been signed on to do a new Peter Pan and Wendy movie. Um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, which is filming right now. But this movie, I'm excited for it because it looks so dreamlike throughout pretty much the entire trailer. Um, it's This was another movie that was delayed because of COVID. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I'm excited for this. I've liked it, Dev Patel. Did you ever see Lion? No, I never saw Lion. I did. I saw it in theaters. I don't remember if I saw it with anyone or by myself, but... It was a great film. He kills it in that, which I would say up until that point, I don't think I'd written... Actually, I haven't seen Slumdog Millionaire. Have you seen Slumdog?
1: I think... So this is like one of those things that came out so long ago where I think I... I think I did.
0: I haven't seen Slum... I've never seen the entire thing. I've seen bits and pieces, and he's good in that. But this to me, or rather, Lion was the first thing I saw of Devin that I was like, ooh, okay, he's great. This is just looking like the next step of like his career. And honestly we don't get too many Arthurian tales within films. And when we do, they don't always quite land well. Like, I mean, the last one I can think of was uh guy. Richie's King Arthur. Yeah. But that one had more problems because of like how they, I think the reason this will work better than King Arthur is because King Arthur tried to be like a modern action movie, a la like Kingsman. While this, okay. is, while this is being more like, no, we're going to tell this like tale and we're not going to, Edit it to have cool action scenes where we're zooming in and out of everything. It's like, no, we're gonna probably. This looks like it's gonna be very.
1: Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Focused. I think there. It's it's gonna be interesting. It's definitely gonna be a. It's gonna be a quest movie. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, in the trailer they kind of line it up for you where it's like you're gonna come back in a year and like we'll see what's changed. That's just super ominous because in, in the trailer they're like, "Yo, it's been about a year. What are you gonna do?" And he's like, "I don't know. Why would I waste my time?" Well, do you know the the story of the
0: Green Knight? How, how that tale goes? I do not know the I I'm not up on my uh, 14th century history these oh, days. Oh, you, uh, you should. Well, the synopsis, we can say it because, one, it's known, and this is what we'll be following. A mythical creature approaches King Arthur and his knights and says, like, whoever can strike me down will be, receive honor and respect. But if they do, in a year I will return and do the same to them. So that's what happens. Dev Patel, the Green Knight... Um, kills this monster he's treated as a hero but then a year later he must go to find said creature for him to attack him and be like okay it's your turn to get your head cut off let's see what happens (laughs) and that's essentially what this whole quest is about is him like going to find him but also then accepting like what happened like is there a way to get out of it because that's a lot of great Arthurian tales like you're faced with a dilemma where there seems like there is no option and it's up to the knight to accept his fate and that's what usually what it passes it i believe yep. it's there's a lancelot tale i think where it's like an old woman comes to them and is like i give you the the advice you need but one of you must marry me and lancelot yeah i'll marry you and when he does the old woman is like by the way like you can pick for an hour a day and i can look like a beautiful woman you pick and then that's all fine he is like no i accept you for who you are we don't need to do this and then that's what makes her a beautiful woman it's like oh you accepted You accepted my beauty and my heart instead of my outer appearance. But that was more so because like Lancelot was like, yeah, the king said I had to marry you so we'd get this advice. And like, we kind of needed it. But yeah, but that's like every night tale pretty much is like you did nothing. That's what you were supposed to do.
1: Imploring us all to be just that bit lazy.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I'm excited for this. Uh, Like I said, you don't get too many Arthurian tales. Uh, Joel Edgerton, isn't it? He's always fun uh sean harris from a few mission impossible movies isn't it? he oh. plays king arthur yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so i'm gonna give the green knight from uh studio 824 which is a great little studio who's been done doing some great work the last few years and putting out great uh, a lot of great projects great great projects uh i'm gonna give the green knight uh, a preemptive uh i'm gonna go with like seven out of eight foxes leading you to your next quest point okay
1: yeah i'm gonna give it i'm i'm excited but i think i'm not as into the idea of it as you are then get out uh, see that seems a bit premature i'm gonna give it six out of ten as a pre-score uh six out of ten shining bright axes coming out of a
0: case Ooh, i like that i like that it's a nice scene in a trailer Mm -hmm. and i like a nice shining axe who doesn't Uh, Legolas
1: okay true you're right you're not wrong (laughs) so our second show of the week this week um, is Snake Eyes a a G.I. Joe Origins film yeah I wanted to talk about this because
0: did you watch the two previous G.I. Joe movies Uh, first starring Channing Tatum I definitely saw the first one and then the second starring The Rock I don't think I saw The Rock. I've watched both. Okay. The first is actually... The first is, like, bad. But when you compare it to the second, it's like, no, I'd rather watch the first one again. And honestly, like, I feel if the movies came out today, they would land a little bit better. Because they're, like, somewhat campy, but they... Also, the characters take everything very seriously. Yeah. And also, I mean, in the first one, there's the whole, like, we got these mech suits that make us super strong. We're going to give it to the two brand new guys. It's like, wh- why would you... Why would the more experienced people use the super mech suits that never they get played again. But I wanted to talk about snake eyes because are you excited for a snake eyes origin movie? I didn't know we
1: needed a snake eyes origins like movie. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I land on that is I didn't know we needed it. So I'm kind of wondering why we have one. I kind of thought like it was already done. Like I, I had forgotten about
0: this franchise Yep. Um, and then seeing the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, more stuff is coming, I guess. Um, the director, uh, Robert, ooh, ooh, how do I pronounce this? Uh, Schwensk. Schwensk. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Schwensk. Uh, he's done some stuff that I like. He did Red, the Bruce Willis, like retired CIA agent movies. Yep. Uh, he did RIPD, which I-, I enjoy, but I think that's more so because it takes place in Boston.
1: And I'm just like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I know those streets. Hey.
1: He did uh, the, the two of the Divergent series movies. Yes, he did the last two
0: because they only did three and then they did not make the fourth, which they were supposed to. Uh, yeah.
1: He also he, did the oh, pilot of Lie to Me.
2: Ooh,
0: everyone's favorite uh, Tim Roth uh, Fox TV show.
1: Where he can watch you lie by the by the wrinkle of your chin. Uh, your you, your tongue twisted just a little bit. She's lying. She murdered him. Also,
0: this is like I don't really like uh or really go out and watch a lot of I won't even like romantic movies. But he directed the Time Traveler's Wife. I actually really like that movie. I don't know Didn't what it won awards. I mean, I mean, probably like I don't think great ones. Like not an Oscar, but it probably won some type of award for something. But oh, maybe not. But I actually like, yeah, I really like the Time Driver's Wife. It's a, I don't know what it is with that movie, but like, if I were to see it on TV, I'd be like, I'll put this on. Oh, man, I'll chill oh, watch that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a Snake Eyes movie. It's gonna be starring uh, Henry Golding. He, uh, from uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, he was also in what was that uh, recent uh, another Guy Richie movie? I'm talking about uh, that had uh, oh, a had, had so many people in it. Um. Uh, but what? I'm trying to think of. I can't think of it off I, the top of my head oh the gentleman yeah the gentleman that's what the guy richie movie was it was that action comedy where matthew mcconaughey is like a marijuana dealer in Uh... england um but yeah i saw this trailer for snake eyes and i just went oh okay and it's just weird because i feel snake eyes i could be wrong because i'm not the biggest fan of the gi joe series and haven't watched every cartoon or read any comic associated with it but in the movies like snake eyes like doesn't talk like he has took a vow of silence all this stuff but this is like, we have a main character who frequently isn't wearing his Snake Eyes gear, so it's like, okay, well, who's going to be talking? Now Snake Eyes now isn't mysterious; he's now like just a dude. It's
1: yeah, kind of like, they're trying. To, I think they're trying to like take what is typically an ensemble idea of GI Joe mm-hmm. and create some little pillars in
0: there for them. Yeah, because I I'm guessing this is them trying to like rebuild the GI Joe franchise. Which I don't think these things need to be rebooted as often as they are. Well, ex- exactly. And but and once again, it's like, well, who's even really like, other than Snake Eyes, I can't think of like a single GI Joe
1: character that I would want,
0: like an origin story for. But even then, I still don't even want like a Snake Eyes origin story.
1: What is the other uh, GI Joe character? But they're all white. They're like, are their outfit is all white? Oh, like the white,
0: uh, like the white ninja. You mean? Yeah, the white version of... Oh, that's Storm Shadow. And they usually... Their paths are usually uh, interconnected. Um, See, like, exactly. um, But yeah, it's just... I saw this... As soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I want to talk about this. Just because this is... I'm trying to think of any other properties from the last 10 years that, like, could possibly reboot this. It was just so weird seeing the trailer. I'm like, oh yeah, G.I. Joe, that still exists.
1: I don't... I, I. I rarely think of, like, reboot-type things because, to me, I'd just rather have them as... I'd rather have brand-new properties versus mm-hmm. continually rebooting things.
2: Yeah.
1: And I will say, if anything,
0: making it an origin... had I think had they this was just, like, a new G.I. Joe movie and a reboot, I think I could probably accept that a little bit more. But I think the fact that... This is almost like a reverse uh, situation with, like, how DC, like, start with a couple solo films, then did the Justice League real quick. It's like, this feels like, oh, what if we do all the solo characters and then build
1: the team G.I. Joe? It's like, no, no, just give me just give me G.I. Joe. Yeah, you want the group. There's no reason to, like, attempt to build, like, you're going to find some one-off, like, some one-off random action figure character that you are going to build an entire movie around. Stretch Armstrong. Like, Joe Navy guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's what all the other Joes called him as an insult. The Joe Navy, hey Joe
1: Navy guy. He's like, I have a name. It's Suds. Speaking of a uh, great tie-ins to things, Community to Community did a GI Joe episode in one yep. of their seasons.
2: Yeah. Confronting
1: uh, why no one ever dies in that show, which is kind of funny. Yeah, that's uh, that GI Joe Community episode is
0: better than probably this uh, GI Joe Snake Eyes origin movie. Oh, 100 percent. Though I hope it ends with a. A knowing half is knowing half, eh, knowing's half the battle uh, segment. Like they would do in the cartoon where it's like, you should recycle. Recycling keeps the planet safe, and knowing's half the battle. GI
1: Joe. Yep. The, the more you know. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's, that's a, I feel like that'll be one of those like mid credit things of like he meets someone they're like, you should join the team. Yeah, probably. Like, what team?
0: It's like the more you know or the, Maybe Channing Tatum will come back and reprise uh, his role as Duke from the first movie.
1: Oh, goodness. I can't imagine that being a good idea. Excuse me.
0: That's okay. And maybe Dennis Quaid. Oh, maybe Dennis Oh, Dennis Quaid. Channing Tatum. If Brendan Fraser from his brief cameo in the first G.I. Joe returns, uh, I'll, I'll give this movie an A right away. It's like a
1: high-powered show immediately.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If it opens with Brendan Fraser's character from the first G.I. Joe movie, Rise of Cobra. Um, yep. Yep. I'll, uh, this movie gets a perfect 10 out of 10 right away. Oh, 10 out of 10 immediately? Yep. And if Joseph Gordon Levitt returns as uh, Cobra Commander, uh, then also I'll give it a, a 10 out of 10.
1: I can understand that. I can understand you giving it th- those high marks. I mean, what, but what do you off the bat give it as a rating? I'm giving it like a, a two out of 11. I, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Cause
0: I, yeah, I have like no interest in this. Uh, none of the action really I feel in this trailer stood out eleven. Um, yeah just because this feels like such like a, a cash grab like not, it in, does and the funny thing is like gi joe isn't like popular at the moment like it's not like it's trending and like oh we gotta oh uh, the, the new gi joe game came out we gotta make a movie to go along with it's like nope it's just this i think might even be like licensing issue where it's like we have to make another G.I. Joe movie or we're gonna lose the rights to make G.I. Joe
1: movies like you had you had the uh, you had the three movie arc and you really need to get that third movie done so this is what we're doing (laughs) three movie arc there's not even
0: because Channing Tatum dies in the second one or at least quotation dies because you don't you never see he just explodes and
1: oh what happened to Duke we have no time to look we got the mission exactly so he could just pull a Fast and Furious and pop up at the end of Snake Eyes yep that seems maybe, totally reasonable. Maybe he's Snake Eyes, and that's how the character Snake
0: Eyes gets the name. And then Duke's like, "Okay, I'm done going by Snake Eyes. You can be Snake Eyes."
1: You, I don't think you can pass off nicknames like. that. Imagine if I told you you were Scuba.
0: I'd say thank you very much. I'd go. Finally, my life is complete. The only reason I've ever hung out with you is to earn the moniker of Scuba.
1: <laughs> like that's it's funny and all, like, but oh God, I just I like I stand by my reboot thing of like. Oh, by the way, I'm going to give this a score of a one out of fifteen. Part of my snip, I mean, I'm swinging a real five for the fans on this one. I have no expectation of quality for this film. Yeah, That's how I should put it. I think it's going to be we'll, we'll end up. we should make note to watch this. I will not go to a theater for this, and no. we're about to end the period of HBO Max home home releases. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, what I'll like, we'll try to watch it at some point, folks, but. This is going to be really fucking campy, but not in a good way. Do you want to go to a drive in and watch it together? I'll go to a drive in with you and watch it. We have to do the double feature, though. So there's like a palate cleanser on the front or the back end. I was going say, yeah, well, it's not a palate cleanser if it's the first movie. If uh, the like first movie's first.
0: And then you have a shitty dinner.
1: You know, that, like, like, have you ever had that happen to you where you, like, the appetizer's like, you get, like, a solid app of like fried calamari or something. And then all of a sudden like you're like, I don't know, burger shows up and you're like, yeah, it's underwhelming compared to the calamari. I, I would have rather have like a second serving of calamari.
0: I wouldn't say that's the problem I have a lot, but usually when I go out with my family, there's a lot of appetizers. And by the time I get my dinner, then I'm just like forcing myself to eat more. Cause I'm like, ugh, I had too many great appetizers that like, and I don't want to ruin the good, the meal is so good that I'm like, I don't want to waste it. And I'm definitely not going to take it home because it's like, Oh, would you like to box up your pork tomahawk with a cranberry chutney on top? Uh, nah, because I don't know how to reheat that in my apartment.
1: Yes, because I'd love to eat that standing in front of the fridge at 2 a.m. with my hands. Thank you.
0: And I didn't actually heat it
1: up. I just, I'm like, oh, it's still, it was cooked once. Well, that's all that matters, really. I mean, you could slice that up, make eggs with it. I don't know. Um, I guess real quick, actually, that kind of brings me to an interesting topic. Please um not interesting talk but like one of these one of these ones were one of these ones where i'd like i think this is a good opinion topic so let's say you go to a restaurant right Uh let's say you're with a group of people and someone orders nachos how many people this happened recently um let's say there's like a it's a group but like everyone's ordering their own thing and someone Uh gets nachos Uh i think they're 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 i want to do nachos like a side of fries or whatever it's like pulled Mm -hmm. pork nachos cool this is their entree or as a starter entree okay so, they're, they're doing that. That's okay. totally cool. I, you know, mm-hmm. More power to you. If you don't finish the nachos... Yep. And you are offered a box, mm-hmm. do you take the box for nachos?
0: Well, considering you said that this was, like, carnitas uh, nachos, I probably would. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I would, just because nachos is something that I would much... I feel more comfortable taking home and boxing than like an actual entree because nachos that I can just nuke. And like, it won't be any worse really than it beforehand. But I feel like if I got a steak or fish or whatnot, it's like trying to reheat it. That's where you're like, Oh, you lose all the flavor. You know, I box up some extra carnitas nachos. Why was the situation? Did did you not box
1: up your carnitas nachos? I didn't have them, but a friend of ours boxed them up. And it was also a quality concern. He said they weren't as good, but he felt the pressure because it was nachos and there was a bit left. There wasn't mm-hmm. like a couple, it wasn't like a, a small styrofoam box. Our waitress bought out like two styrofoam boxes for the, uh, these nachos. Did he need to use both boxes? He did. Oh, well, that's okay. Then that's a lot of, yeah, no,
0: take that home. That's a lot. You're leaving then. okay, if you need two boxes.
1: Even, um, if, yeah. even if you would say the quality of the nachos is questionable.
0: Oh no i was I'd probably still take it just because also I'm thinking nachos
1: two in the morning i
0: like I'm up and I'm like, I need something to eat, I'll just eat up those nachos like that's that's why I would specifically take my leftover nachos home is knowing I'm gonna be up later and need to eat something not okay, cool, not even if they were like bad, like not, not disgusting so bad that I don't even want to eat them, but like just like. Meh. I'd still take them because I'm like that's a I can easily heat these up and just munch and be angry at myself at three in the morning like I should I should just gone to bed four hours ago that I wouldn't be hungry now <laughs> yeah now I Excellent. Want carnitas talk.
1: nachos I mean hey you can make them yourself
0: <clears throat> yeah sure it only takes how long to marinate the carnitas and lime and orange
1: uh if, oh, well I mean I could sandbag and say get an instant pot. I don't have that kind of money, Scuba. Come on, put the put put the instant pot in the oven. Put the pork in the oven on like two fifty and let it sit for six hours. It'll be fine.
0: My oven only goes to ninety eight. It's getting hot in here. Ninety eight <laughs>
1: degrees.
0: Yeah. Can you name a single ninety eight degrees song?
1: Oh no, God no! I'm lucky that bit landed properly.
0: Yeah. Well, with me, I, I don't know how many yeah. people would be like, 98 Degrees, ah, my favorite band with Nick Lachey. Can you name any other me- members from 98 de- Degrees?
1: Uh, did any of the other guys from Insync show up?
0: Nope, that, that's a completely different band. NSYNC wasn't a part of that. Can you, na- can you name all of the uh, NSYNC members?
1: Well, now, now I'm thinking about 98 Degrees. Give me like 30 seconds to think about NSYNC. Wait, the listeners don't have 30 seconds. Okay, well, there's Nick Lachey.
0: Uh huh. Okay, that's 98 Degrees.
1: Was Nicholas not in sync?
0: No, he's 98 degrees.
1: What? Yeah, come on, man. God, can, um, you, can you name all the? Uh, all right, Justin Turnblake was in sync. Boom. Lance Bass. Boom. I'm lying. I'm reading off a list. Oh, then no, we're done. Then don't be doing that. That's rude. <laughs>
0: come on.
1: No, well, I, hey, I had to own up after Justin Timberlake. I'm surprised I kind of forgot about. To be really honest, Although, yeah, because he's made
0: because his career has been by himself. Like what,
1: he had oh god i gotta remember the fact that he had an entire song about like sexy technology
0: which song sexy back that's not about technology
1: no um, or is there a different one it was definitely like on the timberland justin timberlake situation
0: well yeah because that entire album was about sexiness and how he brought it back
1: was it future sex maybe i might have been future sex love sounds we're killing it over here. Um, this is what happens. See, I feel like the listeners can tell when I'm immediately out of my depth. Uh, yeah. okay, yeah, it might have just been Future Sex, the song on the album, but there mm-hmm. was definitely a song I remember where he's holding a phone, like staring yep. at it lovingly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't think the symbolism landed where he wanted it to.
0: Yeah, no, of course not, because his acting career hadn't taken off yet either. So he wasn't he's a, in, a...
1: he's a decent actor.
0: What's your favorite Justin Timberlake performance?
1: Shoot, um, it's a rom com. Hold on.
0: Uh, friends with benefits. No, that's no strings attached, or is it? Stri- but be- 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 it is friends with benefits. Yeah. Oh, and he's he's in the Social Network, right? Yes, that's my favorite Justin Timberlake performance. Is the Social okay. Network. Other than that, I really haven't liked him in anything else. Like the next closest, I think, is like. Trouble with the curve that Clint Eastwood movie, but even then, while watching it, I was just like, "Why is Justin?" Like I kept being like, "Why is Justin Timberlake here?" Like I I couldn't get over it being him.
1: Why did I feel like John Hamm was in that movie? Um, No, that's the other baseball movie. Yeah, that's
0: he goes to India to get uh, people who play cricket to be pitchers. Yep. Yep. When's John Hamm's career gonna really take off? I feel like he's been in a lull.
1: You think, I mean, Mad Men really,
0: yeah. I mean, well, I mean, yes, Mad Men, but like, I mean, what? I guess a lull temporarily, but Mad Men's gonna
1: make him millions of dollars the rest of his
0: life, no, for sure. But I mean, like, what's his next big thing that everyone goes, Oh, John Ham, where has he been?
1: I, pff, great question. I'm not John Ham is Cobra Commander. I'm not a big ham, a ham fan, oh, really? really, a ham fan, but it does look like cursory research uh, happening live on air. He will be in the next Top Gun movie, ah. Top Gun Maverick. Ooh, wonderful! You don't like ham,
0: the actual food, or you don't like John Ham?
1: Oh, I don't mind John Ham like whatsoever, but I just I'm not like, excuse me, actively keeping up with him. Oh, okay. And his
0: career. No, okay. But how do you feel about ham, the food?
1: I don't have it very often.
0: I'll do ham, cold cuts. I won't do like a baked ham. I'm just like eh, too much.
1: Um, I've, ha- I've had, like, ham cold cuts very rarely. Baked ham, I think I've maybe had once.
0: Oh, and also, um, ham on a pizza? Never. If I'm doing, like, a Hawaiian, I'll do some other meat, but I, I don't like ham on a pizza. That makes sense. But I do my pineapple. I'll do that pineapple. That's not a problem.
1: I feel like pineapple and sausage might be a better combination than pineapple and ham. Someone just threw their phone across the room. I can't tell. <laughs> just that we're entertaining pineapple pizza. Someone's like, what the fuck is wrong I'll with that? I'll either pineapple? do a bacon and pineapple or I'll do a pepperoni and pineapple bacon's a classic oh yeah oh yeah bacon pizza makes you like the first time you eat it you raise a lot of questions with yourself Mm -hmm. and then every subsequent time it gets really really easy
0: i remember a few years ago i had people coming over and i ordered uh some cheese pizzas and some pepperoni pizzas from the pizza shop across the street from me when i showed up they're like you didn't want bacon pizzas it's like no i didn't but like i'll i'll more than gladly take those bacon pizzas and they're like we can cook you i'm like I cannot stress to you how little myself or anyone that's coming over will be with the – it's bacon. Like, no one's going to go,
1: oh, I came for the pepperoni. Yeah, no, because all – I mean, at the end of the day, right, like, pepperoni, bacon, pepperoni is just, like, spicy cured bacon. <laughs> right? Like,
0: Can I have a – can I have half a pound of a spicy cured bacon, please? Oh, pepperoni? Not a problem, sir. Tube
1: meat versus slab meat. There's a debate for everyone to have on their own time. Um, Actually, so you bring up Mad Men. Yep. And I did read a great article yesterday um, Mm -hmm. regarding the 10 year anniversary of LA LA Noir. Mm -hmm. And so the article is written on the fact that there are several actors that carry over from Mad Men. Correct. That also had roles, however small, in LA Noir.
0: Well, I was going to say the main character in LA Noir. Cole Phelps, I don't know the name of the actor, but he was a recurring character on Mad Men, I know. Yep. But I cannot think of... Actually, I never... Mad Men's a show that I have to watch. I've, I've never watched Mad Men.
1: Oh, neither have I. Ugh. But I see
0: clips every once in a while, and I'm
1: just like, this is good. It Ugh. looks great. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have Elizabeth Moss is in it. Mm-hmm. John Hamm. Roger Sterling. Roger Sterling. Christina Hendricks. It's a great cast. Yep,
0: it's a really good cast. And everyone gets to smoke cigarettes and they're they're all they all seem cool.
1: They just drink all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ignore their families. Uh huh. Oh man, what a time to be alive. Write ad copy. It sounds amazing. Yep. I just I I think what struck me was I thought it was crazy that it's been ten years since LA Noir. A movie that a game that I was like so hell bent on wanting to play. Yep. Like he bought it for PS3, was so into it, and then realized like this isn't just Grand Theft Auto in the 40s. You have to like follow the rules.
2: Yep. You quickly makes the cop. game
0: a lot different than you expect it to be.
1: Yes.
0: I think I replayed it uh, when they did a P- PS4 remaster. Yep. And being able to go into it again, knowing like, okay, this isn't just GTA, makes the game far better. Because I remember the same when I first played it. Being like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And like, it is fun and it's enjoyable. But then like an hour and a half in, you're like, Oh, there's. Re- I can really only just do the cases. That's like really all you're doing right now is like you are a detective. You can't just be like I'm gonna go to a bowling alley for nine hours. We have a murder to
1: solve. Like that was also though. If you look at like those type games, the La Noire aspect where you're a police officer is quite rare. The only other one I know off the top of my head that was a big console game was a uh, Battle Battlefield Hardline, mm-hmm. which I made to like the second level, and I was like. Fuck this! I my, like my character died a lot, like a lot, a lot.
0: Maybe you're on a high difficulty. Maybe you should have just lowered the difficulty.
1: It could have been, but it was always one of those five dollar games for PS4. That's why I, I ended up with my hands on it. But this, the ten year anniversary, kind of makes me want to play La Noire again. And might I might pick it up. Uh, mm-hmm. and re- I think there might be a PS5 remastered remastered. Well, that's a double re- uh, remastered squared. Yeah. Like it's a remaster, not a remaster of the PS4 one, but like a remaster and an upgrade. Yep. I will just say my one problem when I played
0: LA Noir is because at the end of every case, like you get your report to be like how well of a job you did. Yep. I end up playing it with the walkthrough next to me because one, I want to get the like I want to get the right person for the murder, but okay. I just hate at the end when it gives you your score and it's like you missed these clues and you had all this damage. It's like <clears throat> I was a bad cop. Like, that's the one thing I actually don't like about Ellie Noir is that I'm not really playing the game. I'm like trying to achieve a perfect run. Like, unlike other games where I feel like, you know, I can play, I can just play through it. I can enjoy it. If I miss things, I don't really mind. I'll do it again later. But like when playing LA Noir, it's like, nope. I have to get every question right. I have to know if they're lying. I need to, oh, I need to get it all. I can't miss anything.
1: People's lives are on the line. And gas calls just two cents. That's hard to do because I feel like I do that with some games. I recently, I played Maquette, mm-hmm. which is like a essentially just a, like you, it's very weird. It's a very great game. It's very artistic, very vibey. Musically, it's very strong music wise. But I ended up having my phone open to help me solve puzzles. Mm-hmm. Puzzles are different. Yeah, but the entire game is a puzzle. Oh. Where you're like constantly moving through. Maquette, it's like you move through different size versions of the world. Mm-hmm. So you start, and there's like a tabletop size one. And what you do to the tabletop size one affects the world around you because you're also you're simultaneously in the center at this table, but then you're also at the table of the bigger uh, world.
0: Wow, this is like right? an
1: M.C. Escher painting. Basically, that's that was when you read about the game that M.C. Escher is an influence on that, but there are staircase situations, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't help. Ooh, but great game! I digress. We have the start of a series of movies of the week this week. Correct, and I'm very bow. excited for it. Bow, 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 bow. Bow, bow, bow. That is correct.
2: Yeah,
0: doing Mission Impossible. Uh, Damn straight. The first movie uh, today. That's what we're talking about. Mission Impossible from 1996, based off the classic TV series that ran from 1966 to 1973. Um, so yes, let's dive into the first Mission Impossible, directed yes. by Brian De Palma, uh, Tom um, Cruise's baby project.
1: Baby project?
0: That's not the word I was like, like uh, I'm trying to like think of like the better, I was trying to say like it was his baby and also it was his project, but like I didn't want to say baby project. Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Yes. I also believe, so to, to push it out of this hole, mm-hmm. I believe, uh. Sorry, I want to get this right. This might have been the first movie Tom Cruise produced. Correct. And he co produced it with his longtime agent, Paula Wagner, mm-hmm. who was at one point the most powerful woman in Hollywood, according yep. to some circles. She also produced, I believe, the next two Mission Impossible films and a lot more Tom Cruise movies.
0: Oh, yes. They've worked uh, together uh, multiple times. On multiple films, they work very closely together. But yes, this was Tom Cruise's first uh producing uh role. And also, the big thing about uh, these movies is that it was Tom's idea like, I'm picking the director, I'm doing all this, I have pretty much final say. At least this first one was a little bit iffier because the studio was like, Oh, who knows? But it was him, and also, he was one that decided on Brian De Palma. Who, at the time, was known more so for thriller movies, more intense uh, subjects, so them being like, oh, we want to have Brian De Palma uh, direct this action film. The studio was like, I don't know about that. So, but this is the opening to the series where we get to meet Ethan Hunt, who's a few years into his career, and the whole premise to this is Ethan's team is taken out on their first mission at the beginning of the movie, and it's up to him to figure out who did it, and Keep the knock list, which is a list of agents' real names and their undercover names, out of the hands of uh, terrorists. So, what terrorists. did you?
2: Think? Yes.
0: What did you think of the first Mission Impossible?
1: So, I have, I've, I'll, for the record, mm-hmm. I am a fan of the Mission Impossible series. Have seen them all. I want to say a few times each. Um, over the years, this movie is almost twenty five years old, mm-hmm. and I got to be honest. It no longer... Hold, it hasn't stood the test of time as well as I'd like it that you have. Okay. How, in what sense are you saying that? I think, one, I think with any spy movie and stuff like that, where they rely heavily on the technology angle, mm-hmm. which Mission Impossible does, uh, it shows its age immediately. This does have
0: a problem with, especially how the internet is used in this movie. It oh, definitely yeah. has a big problem. It's, he just emails every at Max. Uh, on the web at the time so that definitely has a problem i see on the other hand, i was on the other hand of this saying i think it still holds up rather well, excluding like the tech side of things Yep. i still think the story and the feelings you're getting from this hold up really well because this is out of the entire series this is really the only one that's like a mystery in a way because it's all ethan trying to figure out Well, who did this like why did this all happen um, and that's why Brian De Palma is fantastic in this. He does a lot of great close-ups, uh, split diopters, which for people who don't know, that's when you have someone in the foreground and in the background, but they're both in focus. Um, Dutch angles. This, I felt, is still holds up really well because it's still a mystery. There's still this like consistent feeling of uh, feeling tense of like, uh, like they're all right on our heels. Who yep. did
1: this? Yeah. So- I agree with you. The story holds up because I think, it, I think it's a classic... It's not a classic story, but it's a story that, it, that does build and does really come to a solid climax. Mm-hmm. It also lays the groundwork for my favorite like Mission Impossible bit, which is the mat, like wearing the disguise of someone yes. else's
0: face. And which, at the time, during, during these first few movies, and we'll talk more about it as we go along in the series, they would just have Tom Cruise play someone who Looks like him. It's just him already in makeup as someone else, and that's how they would do the mask. Which is actually, if anything, a really smart. Like that's because they couldn't do what they would do now, which is either you got a crazy like nice mask that you could put over him, or just have a different actor play it. it was like, no, like what if we just make Tom look like an old man, and yep. then that's the person he's doubling, and then that's he, great because then he looks it looks like the person. It's not like trying to make him look like someone else, um, which I enjoy him playing a old Virginia senator um and that's yeah just him with gray hair uh, <laughs> uh yes uh but this one uh has what's his name uh john voight plays jim phelps who was the main character in the tv series um and spoilers for this movie from 1996 jim phelps is the bad guy yep which uh the original actor for Jim Phelps was very upset about that when the movie came out. <laughs> he was like, w- Wait, what? I'm the bad guy? And they're like, Yeah, you're the bad guy. He did not like that. And I think that was, I think the real reason they did that was because Tom Cruise was like, No, I want to do like my own series. I don't really, I want to use the license and the name, but I don't want to be attached and stuck to what happened. So I'm going to be this new guy, Ethan Hunt, who's super cool. And. And he's uh, he's so smart.
1: Super cool, super spy.
0: Yeah. But yeah, Jim Phelps is the bad guy. And he has, I think what I laugh about every time, though, when watching it is John Voigt is probably in his late 50s in this movie. And he's supposedly married to like a 22 year old spy as well. Like, hey, be nice to my wife. It's like, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I nah, don't nah, think nah, so. No, 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 no. Also, more so, that kind of bothers me because I'm like, a spy agency is fine with spies being married to each other? I feel like that would be like a big like no 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 one of you has to quit or you guys can never work together.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a it's like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith type thing. Well they
0: weren't they didn't work together in that movie. They were opposite opposing uh agencies. But still if you find out that you're significant you know, there's also a hitman, really. Well they are hitmen. Um these are IMF agents, they're spies.
1: it sounds even like it, to me, the second you start doing that are quite shadowy and behind the curtain and mm-hmm. questionable you don't want to be in the relationship with any of those people no, so it no, sounds sure. like a you are a walking liability at that point point. and cool. i'm not i'm not even a spy
0: that's what a spy would say
1: i don't know what you're talking about
0: <laughs> that's good um one scene that i think you can't say doesn't hold up is the vault scene uh, the iconic scene of them having to infiltrate this perfect CIA vault where you can't make any noise. The temperature is monitored. You can't touch the floor. So Tom Cruise comes from the ceiling on a wire. I think that truly holds up still. The, I've watched that countless times, but I still am just because just the silence they put you in in that scene of just like, I think that holds up still. Do you agree or disagree?
1: I agree that it holds up because I think it. I think it laid the groundwork for a lot of awesome other action movie scenes of a similar type. Mm-hmm, for sure, it definitely. I think there's a lot of great things about Mission Impossible in the sense that, with doing their own stunts and with like having that creative license, they really got to take the genre to a different place. I think Mission Impossible movies on a whole, and we'll see this like you're saying throughout the next few weeks as we talk about them, really have a different. They're not just. At least the first three were definitely not just like campy action. Like, gotta do crazy, insane things constantly. Like, there's some high-quality movie stuff layered in here. I think you get that from the different directors. You get that from the different, like, ideas. Mm -hmm. And it really keeps the series flowing as a whole. For sure.
0: And actually, it's funny because they do a fair amount of stuff in camera here. But in the upcoming films, this is when they use the most, like, green screen, uh, closed sets and whatnot. It It wasn't until, like, the fourth film that Tom Cruise is like, how do we keep this moving? And it's like, okay, we had to do things for real. Like that's because at that point, I think when ghost protocol came out, there was a fatigue of CGI in movies of people being like, you're not actually seeing anything. Yep. And I believe that's because Tom Cruise, you can talk about the guy all day, good guy, bad guy, whatever he knows movies. And I feel like he's always had like a little bit of his finger on the pulse of the audience of like, what do they want to see? Like, Okay. Let's give him a spy movie. But how do you make a good spy movie? Well, it should be a thriller. Let's get Brian De Palma. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, I just really... I, I've been, like, re-watching all of these, the prep for this. Uh, I, I don't know if you've been doing them consecutively, but, like, I'm just going through the series and then doubling back as we approach the episode again. Um, but, yeah, I love them. And this is, I feel, a great way to kick off the series because it also ends with Ethan be like, ah, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to do this. And then ends with him on a plane and I'm just be like, have you thought about the Caribbean? And it's like, oh. And then the theme starts playing again. I'm like,
1: dung, 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 dung. Yeah. It's, they're excellent. You also, this movie introduced us to uh, the character Luther Stickle, mm-hmm. which is played by Ving Rhames. And he comes through, I think, in almost every movie, if not every movie.
0: Him and Tom are the only ones that have appeared in every single film. Okay. Yes. And actually, fun fact, uh, Luther was supposed to die in this movie, but it was Vin Rhames approached Brian De Palma and he was like, he was like, I can't, I don't think I should die. And Brian was like, why? And he goes, I'm the one black guy. I don't think the one black guy can die. And then the, Brian De Palma was like, yeah, no, that does make sense. Let's not. And then since then he's been in every movie. And he's great in this because he's like this big, burly guy, but he's a tech guy who cares about fashion. Yep. It's not what you would expect. and he's fun in this and it's nice to see his bond with ethan get formed which then later on carries to all the other films
1: definitely uh, you also have um brian de palma we didn't really talk about him too too much mm-hmm. uh carly Jo's way yep the untouchables mm-hmm. scarface mm-hmm. carry mm-hmm. he had quite the the list before he got to mission impossible quite the filmography quite the the directing credits.
0: He also did Nicolas Cage's film
1: Snake Eyes. not to be confused with the uh the Snake Eyes the
0: GI Joe origin story. Correct. But yes, Brian De Palma was a big name to get on this and yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure from what I remember reading like Tom Cruise was like I'm not doing this without like Brian, like I want Brian for this movie. It makes sense. For sure. And yeah, I think he was an excellent choice for this because, like I said earlier, this is, I feel, the only one that's really, like, a thriller slash mystery. The rest, as we move further down the line, are a little bit more straightforward, less of a whodunit and more just, like, how do we stop this from happening?
1: But still fairly interesting, the rest of them. Oh,
0: for sure, yes. There's there's still an an air of mystery to all of them, but this is, I would say, is the biggest mystery because I think they also... Do a good job of setting it up. you see the team, they all seem well trained good people, and then they just start getting picked off one by one and yep. we have no idea and that seeing the unrest in uh, Ethan's demeanor and everything of just like, "Wow, I can't believe we're the i m f this isn't supposed to happen. the impossible mission mission force, which is such a bizarre name to me. yes, it's a stupid name, but I mean the sh- the series was from the sixties. And it was the only way to be like, this is how people know how intense. They do impossible missions. And they're
1: a force.
0: Exactly. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, I, I always just laughed at the, Yeah, I work for the uh, impossible mission force. Oh, okay, cool. And I work for the gumdrop fairy police.
1: Well, I love but... it. Which, um so, let's, off the top, what do you give this movie? The first one in the series of six. With a seventh on the way. I'll say...
0: Trying to pull away from my love of these movies. I'm going to give this one a... Seven out of nine. uh, Keeping uh, civilians safe. Not killing any civilians on your secret mission. Because I've seen it plenty of times... To know everything that's happening in the movie. Yep. But I can see anyone on a first run... Getting a little confused. Because like many of these movies... You get thrown a lot of names, a lot of code names, a lot of names of MacGuffins, and things can move somewhat fast. So I think this movie does have a slight problem with that, where it's like, we're looking for jo- Job and Max and the Knocklist, but not the real Knocklist. We need the real one. And also there's this guy, uh, like Sigor, like all these things really up front that you're like, huh? And then you meet like new people. So I feel like that's why I give it a little, but I think this was a fantastic way to get the uh, franchise started and, and who even really knows like if they were planning on doing many more when this first came out exactly. they, must have not, they might have thought like oh we'll do another but like they definitely weren't thinking we'll do seven or that there'd be the opportunity
1: to do seven uh, what do you give this movie I'm going to give it so you took my seven and I, don't, I don't like when you line up our, our numerators on our ratings mm-hmm. but I'm doing seven out of ten yep uh, What seven I, out of ten what Oh, I'm doing exploding pieces of bubblegum. gum. Okay.
0: Uh, awesome lasagna. Don't get any Anya. Oh, we even men- mentioned Emilio Estevez. Uh, Coach Bombay is in this movie.
1: Yes, he is. Ugh.
0: That I, you know what? That's actually kind of another reason why I give this movie a lower score is because it's like, yeah, you didn't, you, you could have had Emilio Estevez in this for so, he oh, would have been great.
1: Ugh. yeah. So, uh, that's Mission Impossible uh, one. Mm-hmm. Just primary... Mission Impossible. We don't
0: have to call it mission impossible one
1: it's well stylized it's mission colon impossible that is true just so you know that you need the imf for that mission because it's impossible
0: mm-hmm.
1: hey can i do that mission no nah, it's impossible ah dang it <sighs> that's gonna be like on flight boards now it's gonna be like a uh, flight seven to uh from boston to bermuda all right impossible who's your impossible is impossible on your ticket no impossible class boarding now
0: impossible is my nickname, but my legal name is impossible if
1: yeah. Pronounced christina third goodbye to last week's uh movie, which was without remorse, which yes. should have had a lot of remorse uh check out yeah. that episode episode fifty seven on spotify and apple apple podcasts a oh, wonderful plug thank you. I do my best um we have two two Boston sports teams entering their playoffs. Correct. As we speak, one is playing uh, in a tied series. The Bruins. They're currently in overtime.
0: Ooh, it I don't even a, want to look at the score.
1: Don't don't tell me the score. What's the score at the moment? Seventeen of this to seventeen. Oh my God! This is a blowout hockey game. Well, they're both both no. It's it's tied. I believe it's tied one one. <sighs> oh no two two. Pardon me two two. With eight minutes left in overtime. So. <laughs> Did you watch? Have you watched any of the series against the Capitals just yet?
0: I have been watching a little bit of the series. But here's something I had no idea going into the playoffs. Yep. Because I hadn't watched, I'll be completely honest, I hadn't watched a single game of hockey this season. Okay. Not any. And I honestly don't really even watch that much hockey um, at all. I usually do get interested in playoff, regardless of the Bruins are in it. Of course. Playoff hockey is far different than the regular season. I didn't know Chara is no longer a Bruin.
1: You, you really, Oh, you really didn't know?
0: I did not know that until I was watching the second game, and they showed him getting off the ice and going to the uh, bench. And I was just like, wait, wh- why is he wearing a Capitals jersey? And everyone that was – I was at the bar at work, and they're just like, he's with the Capitals. I had no idea that they didn't re-sign him. And I was crushed when I saw that.
1: It is hard to watch.
0: Yep. And it, it, I think more so because it was like,
1: and we're playing him in the playoffs? Ugh. It was really hard to watch, like their celebration of Saturday night, mm-hmm. and close. And there is Char with his massive arms and obscene height, and I was just yep. like, "Damn, that's cold." Because <laughs> of hockey, a Ay- yeah, I but- I like you. I don't watch too too much hockey during the regular season. I do, uh, I will if I am in a place where I can throw some some bets on hockey but yeah i'm excited because i like the bruins in the playoffs i've always liked playoff hockey like much like you you said as for whatever reason the second the bruins are in even the first round of the playoffs i'm assuming they'll win the cup
0: uh fun fact um ooh excuse me bruins are the only team um to be in the playoffs three times since the 2010 2011 season
1: well, they won didn't they? they won in 2011
0: correct but i mean like they're the only team since then, who's been in the playoffs three other times?
1: of those since, but so be it. I mean, hey, other teams have to,
0: you know, if we win all the time, we'll run out of banner space. That's why we lose.
1: Then we build a bigger garden. I don't think they'll ever build another garden,
0: or at least not anytime soon.
1: It'll be hard, dude. They've built all that stuff around it recently, too.
0: Exactly, and I was also gonna. well oh, yeah, I'm not even thinking actually about like. The giant mall that's essentially attached to the garden now and the underground market basket. Is it
1: a market basket? Star Market.
0: Thank you. That's what it is, underground uh, Star Market. But yeah, I don't think they'll ever rebuild the garden, mostly because you either have to build on top of it, which will be a nightmare. They've already done that. Yeah, or they have to build elsewhere, which then it's where do you put it? Because where the garden is, uh, is it a a really nice location in Boston, yep. Um, right next to the bridge. Which, what is that bridge? Charlestown Bridge. Thank you very much. Um, and yes, it's a nightmare when you're trying to go in for a game. You're just like, okay, we got to leave like two and a half hours before the game so we can sit in traffic the entire time.
1: Um, yeah, but that entire area is so it's been such revitalized recently.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you? The I don't think um, so. The the building essentially next to. The garden is, like, Hub 50 House. Yep. Which is... Someone had a great comment on the, on the Boston subreddit a while back. Hmm. But it was, like, if douchebags could, were a building, it would be this one. <laughs> um, they also are going to have Hub... Uh, uh, like, Hub... Yeah. gigantic. Yep. Yamamoto the- Ramen Shop in there as well. So, like, a lot of high-quality stuff in there. Ooh. Yes, I think I might have just briefly lost, but sorry. Right. You
0: were going a little in and out with a weird robotic talk box voice, but I—I I, you were with me. I didn't lose you.
1: Okay, all right, we're cruising. Yes. Um, so that's the Bruins. Bruins right now still still in OT, still yep. tied two two against Capitals. Series tied one one. Um, we also have the Celtics.
0: Yes, who just won their play in? Yes, to, to be in to the playoffs.
1: The much maligned play in tournament. Mm-hmm. the Celtics have won and are prepared to, to take the 7th seed
0: yep they're going up against the Nets what do you think and I how don't... much
1: basketball do you watch
0: I probably watch more basketball than I do uh, hockey though I'm not always watching just uh, Celtics basketball okay like I don't know how I feel about simply because they were in the play-in they didn't make the playoffs they had to go to the play-in so that's why I'm a little concerned. But they made it – I believe we made it to uh, the conference championships last season, if I'm not mistaken, because we lost to the Heat. We did go so, pretty
1: far in the bubble.
0: Yeah. So I have high hopes. I mean, Brad Stevens has been with us for a few years now. I feel like we've – he's got the team locked in. They enjoy him, um, which it's crazy, like, how long he's been with the t- it, it. it seems like only yesterday Doc was our coach. And, yeah. But now it's Brad Stevens and – so it's just, I I have high hopes that he's gonna we're gonna make it this time, but who knows? I mean, would if you, you can't say that tr- you have high
1: high hopes like for a living?
0: Um, possibly. Hmm. Hmm. I have. I do have high high hopes
1: for a living. That's good. That's that's a you're not panicking at the disco then.
0: No, I would never uh, panic at the disco. I I might you know fallout boy um or i might uh relent k i don't know any other weird uh middle school pop punk emo alternative bands
1: i mean i hopefully in like a series they can like avenge sevenfold after Uh that first game um Mm -hmm. (sighs) kings of leon (laughs) <laughs> they'll be the kings of uh Leand, you can't really tie into the gold statue I think the Celtics I, I'm not sure if they'll beat the Nets I think the Nets are a very solid team they've, they've built a solid team this year yes but Could, go ahead
0: I was going to say because that's the difference between Brad Stevens coaching style he's not a fan of like let's get all these big names he's more like I'm building a team and they all are here for a reason that's how he yeah. likes to put his team together while Kind of the big thing in the NBA the last few years has been like, no, we're going to make a super team. We're going to get whoever we can, pull them in, and then just make a run for it, which now is kind of bleeding over into the NFL. But yeah, Brad Stevens is like, nope, I'm going to. He, he's a money ball kind of coach.
1: Yeah, I can yeah. understand that. I, I only have heard it said, but I can understand well, that. But much like, I mean, another famous New England coach, Bill Belichick, is also kind of like a money ball type coach. Yes. He's playing for people, not for big names. Correct. Oh, Moneyball. Oh, maybe we should
0: add. Can we? Maybe we should add Moneyball to the Mission Impossible uh, movie rundown.
1: We we can. We'll just add it in the seventh week. Perfect. <laughs> after we wrapped up the run. After we wrapped up the the show. Um, Jason Tatum's thirty-two. Uh, he scored fifty points again. Mm-hmm. Kemba Walker twenty-nine points. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for the playing game on Tuesday night. I, you know what? I have high hopes, but I'm terrified it's going to be like a 4 3 loss or a 3 4 loss to the Nets.
2: Yeah. That's
0: a heartbreaker. For sure. Though, do you want to get knocked out early on or make it close and then get knocked out?
1: I'd like to go as far as possible. Of course. Because I think it's just, it shows you what's really going on how you compete. Because this isn't football where it's one game. Yep. So one bad clock break, one bad timeout doesn't doesn't a, a NBA series make. Yep. But what does, you know, can you go the distance over 7 games? If you do go the distance over 7 games, do you have the endurance to win the for the 7th game, to take a 4-3 win? Yeah, I can think you it's go hum- to
2: distance?
0: can you go to distance? Can you find your way? Can I you can make the, the Hercules? Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> we're right we're right there with you. Um but that that said it's it's Harder to see in a game like football where someone can, you know, a bad snap can really change the type of a game versus yep. basketball where you can, you can move the ball and be quick about it. And, you know, there's, there's another chance to win in yep. most cases. Same with hockey, same with baseball, but they're, di- they're all different games. Yep.
0: socks are doing pretty well, too, considering we're talking uh, Boston sports.
1: I have not even looked at the Sox recently.
0: Ah, socks are killing it right now. We're doing so good. We're the best team ever.
1: They're actually up 6-1 right now. This is, uh, we don't usually record where I'm checking sports stats live. Mm-hmm. I don't mind this.
0: Because they date our podcasts immediately. True. <laughs> just, but, anyone re-watching is just like, or re-listening is just like, oh, cool, scores from a game that happened.
1: You, you never know. We could be the archival audio that we put in a time capsule someday for the aliens to come find. To hear the scores of one single Bruins playoff game. That's all they need to know. They just need to know that the sport existed. They'll build it up from there.
0: They won't see the giant monuments we have left on this earth after we
1: uh, vacated it? It'll tie it all in is what I'm oh, thinking. Okay. They'll okay. get, they'll like, get movies. They'll get like Miracle mm-hmm. and Mighty Duck. Mighty Ducks? Mighty uh, Ducks. <laughs> then they'll get the statues of Bobby Orr. Yep. And then they'll get six seconds of a Shane and Scuba Steve show episode 58 now on yep. Spotify and Apple iTunes. Uh, where we talk about hockey as all they need they'll reconstruct the sport from that
0: in mystery alaska that's another good hockey movie i've never seen it oh russell Crowe. oh it's really good they're like this alaskan just people who i believe it's the new york rangers they're like we can beat them we're just as good as them and then the rangers are like okay we'll play this alaskan town and then the alaskan town's like
2: oh, what yeah, okay go check it out it's
1: a, it's a good comedy
0: sounds interesting
1: very cool. Shane, do yeah. you want to tell the people where they can find us?
0: Well, they can find us in a boatload of places. You can find us on Instagram at Shane and Scuba Steve Show.
1: You can find us online at www.
0: The and Scuba Steve You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. And If you're there, give us five stars. Why don't you subscribe? Why don't you give us a like? Why don't you give us a review? We'd appreciate it. Helps, helped us out a lot. And then our sponsor, Kool-Aid, will see that and they'll go, hey, Kool-Aid coming your way. And I'll say, use the door.
1: Ooh. Yeah, that's a little reference to the Kool-Aid man. Just in case. He, just, yeah. come- he comes knocking.
0: I, ho- I hope he knocks. At, le- at least if he's going through the wall, give me a courtesy knock so I'm not just sitting there and then get blasted across the room. And then him being like, do you want some Kool-Aid? It's like, no, no. <laughs> I- I'd like to go to the hospital because I have a concussion now, Mr. Kool-Aid man.
1: Do you think Cool a Man has insurance? Do you think he shows up and he's like, "Oh shit, let me call State Farm."
0: He's wearing no shirt and cargo shorts scuba. He does not have insurance.
1: That's kind of an indictment on anyone who just wears no shirt and cargo shorts. If I'm being frank.
0: Fight me, and a man wearing no shirt and cargo shorts would fight me.
1: Over oh, with nothing, hundred <laughs> percent. Did you just blink? Uh, yes, sir. I'll fight you, and then you'll find out that he has no insurance.
0: Exactly. But I'll have won the fight, so then I have to pay for his damages,
1: and then yeah. lo- it's a lose lose all around. Absolutely,
0: because he'll also be like, my other shoulder's bothering me right now when he goes to the doctor, and I have to pay for that. And it's like, ah, I didn't even touch his shoulder, and they're like, we, we wrote it up at the same time. He, he needs a whole new shoulder. That's why he fought me because he needed shoulder surgery.
1: <laughs> so you're saying that uh, cool? <laughs> We've gone far too far. No, please finish. What about the Kool-Aid, man? No, we've gone far too far. That's our show tonight, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Next week starts. Uh, we're also doing Army of the Dead next week. Uh, yes. We had a release, a hiccup for this week, but we will do be doing Army of the Dead next week. Very excited. I, I think Netflix moved it back. I'm pretty sure we had it right, and then they uh, moved it back on us. It was select theaters is what I read after, but usually uh, we don't miss that. Maybe it's because uh... –
0: I'm just blaming Netflix. I think they I think they moved it on us.
1: I respect blaming Netflix. It makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. That's right. our show folks. Good night. Later.